Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 128. So before we jump into this episode, we wanted to give you a preview of what's to come for the remainder of this week. On Wednesday, we'll be talking about how to make a successful pivot, either in your career or just within your project. Maybe you want to explore a different platform or make some sort of change. So talk about how you can go through that to make it set up for success for you. So that'll be on Wednesday. And then on Friday, we'll be celebrating one year of Detour to Neverland. So our one year anniversary is actually tomorrow, Tuesday, the 27th of August. But we will be celebrating that on Friday's episode, just reflecting a little bit, but also sharing some of the most valuable lessons that we have learned along the way of this venture. So today our episode is with Debbie Eli, who is the president of Vacation Club Loans. Normally, of course, we talk to a lot of content creators and product creators, but I thought this was would be very interesting for you guys to hear how you can take like an existing business model and get it closer to Disney or apply it to Disney. If you guys remember our episode with Nannyland, it's kind of a similar principle to that. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Debbie. She will introduce herself and share the one fact that you may not know about her from social media. Sure. Hi, Brandon, Catherine. Thanks so much for having me today. Um, probably something that a lot of people find interesting about me is I have a stepdaughter and she has given me four grandchildren. So most people that meet me, uh, because I'm considered still young, uh, I have four grandkids, so that's usually the biggest shock that they find out, that you would not learn that from my website. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fun. So I, I have to assume that you like to take the grandkids to Disney. Yes, absolutely. We actually just went, when school let out in June, there was a group of us, 15 of us went to Animal Kingdom, and we were able to take all the grandkids and some of them, it's now their second time because the oldest is 13, but the baby's only three. So it was her first time to um, one of the Disney parks. So it was a really, really great moment. Yeah, I love that. Did you do like the matching shirts and the whole thing for 15 people? <laughs> we did. <laughs> well, we I said we didn't um, actually buy like, identical matching T-shirts because some of the family lived out of state. And we weren't quite organized enough to pull that off, but we all wore blue shirts. So it actually looks really good in the pictures. Oh, that's awesome. So to kind of kick things off, we'll just start with, you know, what is your Disney story? How did you fall in love with it? And then how did it evolve over time? Sure. So the, I never went to Disney as a kid. The very first time I went to the Magic Kingdom, I was actually 20 and I had just moved to Florida um, as I had said earlier, I was actually born in Nashville, where you guys are, and I had moved to Florida. Me and my adult friends had taken a day trip to Magic Kingdom, and that was the first time I ever went. And it was so fantastic. We had such a good time. We met other adult groups that were there for the day, and we just ended up hanging out, making new friendships and bonds. And over the years, every time I go back, it's just like a better experience almost. Like we now can take the grandkids to Magic Kingdom. I love Animal Kingdom. It's one of my favorite parks. 
and you keep learning something new. And I'm a big Star Wars fan. So I can't wait for Hollywood Studios to open up Galaxy's Edge. I'm really looking forward to that. So it's just kind of over the years, my love for it just continues to grow because it's it almost surpasses all age groups. It's like everyone could go there and find something that they truly connect with and they just it truly makes them happy. Mm-hmm. That is so interesting. I mean, obviously, a lot of people, you know, for us, what keeps us going back is the nostalgia and remembering what it was like as a kid to be in the parks. But now, you know, you experienced mostly as an adult. And now you get to see it through the lens of your grandchildren. So I'd imagine that's a pretty unique perspective. Yes, you know, I um, one time I was staying at Disney's Grand Floridian and they had a kind of a parade of all the little princesses. It's one of their items that you can do when you're staying there. You can go and you get dressed up as a Disney princess. And I was watching all these little girls and it's like I almost tears came to my eyes because I was like, if I was five, that would have been like the greatest experience of my life. <laughs> so I didn't get to see it you know, personally and experience that as a child, but I'm super happy that I get to share that with my family as children. And I'm sure that they're going to remember, you know, these vacations I and mean, I'm a huge vacationer. I'm, I'm a huge passionate person when it comes to travel. And that's one of the things I love about my job. And those experiences, you know, they say life is a book. And if you don't travel, you only read one chapter. So I'm a firm believer in that. So getting them to travel, you know, we also got to go to the Disney's Alani in Hawaii two years ago. So I know that these experiences will carry throughout their life when they get to remember Disney and how it's been a part, you know, just of our family vacations. Yes. And I can completely relate to when you're talking about like, not regret, but like, oh, the feeling of missing out on that because they came up with like the Bippity Boppity Boutique after I was way past that. So I think that's the thing that I'm most excited for when we take our niece eventually is to like take her to do that and I'm going to live vicariously through her. (laughs) Right. I totally understand. I think I do that with the grandkids as well. I'm like, oh my gosh, let's do this. And I want you to wear this. And luckily they play (laughs) along with me. They're like, okay, Grandma Debbie, I'll do it. (laughs) Well, that is awesome. So let's chat about the origin of Vacation Club Loans. So kind of what conversations took place in the beginning? How did it get off the ground and how has it grown over time to what it is now? Sure. So I have actually been in the timeshare industry for 13 years. I worked at a resort. It was located in Nassau, Bahamas, but the corporate office was down here in Florida. And from being in the industry, that's when I learned about Disney Vacation Club. I was very, very lucky. I had a resale broker that was a friend of mine, and they asked me to do some consulting. It was kind of an interesting um, project because I wasn't paid to do the consulting. <laughs> the The job was I would have to, uh, unfortunately, not unfortunately, I mean, um, I would have to stay at each of the Disney Vacation Club properties and do a video but I would get to stay there. I would get to do my favorite things. And I would also, you know, get to try the restaurants because we were doing videos. So that's how I really learned about DVC. And then I just became so passionate. I'm actually a DVC owner now because of those. But because I was from the beginning side of the timeshare industry where we did sales and we did financing. I've always had an accounting, you know, kind of mind and background. 
And I noticed that on the resale side of the market, which when you buy privately and you don't buy directly from the developer, uh, financing was not an option and it wasn't available to these families. There's a, there's another company out there that would only do certain properties. And I think it's just Florida. So I kind of felt like there was a gap and a problem solution that needed to be done. So that's when I wanted to take my accounting knowledge and apply it to the Disney Vacation Club product. So I was speaking to my lender and it actually took two years to get the agreement in place and get me up and running to where I would actually be able to finance you know, the DVC contracts on the resale market. So I started in 2016 and we have had like triple digit growth almost year over year, just because it's been such a great passionate market for me, but also because of the way that we kind of approach the industry and how we approach our customers. And it's, it's just seemed to be doing really well. So I, I'm just thrilled about, you know, how much I love my job. Like I said, I get to travel because of it and being able to work with these families that are so excited, you know, when your customers are they're, they're like, can't wait to close on their contract and they can't wait to start using their points. It's just really exciting to work with such a happy, you know, environment. And it seems like, like all of our customers are sprinkled with pixie dust. It's, it's really great. Well, and I love that you definitely found a niche in what you're doing because you were kind of able to look at your experience and notice that in the resale market, there was definitely that lack of financing. I feel like that's so smart to kind of take that approach. You know, you're not just copying what someone else is doing, but you definitely put your own, you know, you found the need. Yeah, absolutely. I've always been, you know, a, a problem solution, you know, analytical person. And I think when you find a problem and you can think of a solution that could be a real home run with any business. So, you know, not only do we finance DVC, you know, we do other marquee brands like Marriott, Hilton, Hyatt. So they're zero financing out there on the resale market for those particular properties. And I'm like, wow, I'm like, this could be a really great service, not only to sellers, to help them, but also to buyers, you know, and families that are looking to enter into this vacation ownership market, because it is really a, a product that I strongly believe in. Like I said, I've been in the industry for many years. And out of all of them, Disney's the only one I've ever bought, because it just resonates so well with me about the value that you get from it. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I was kind of curious about is, you know, and we've seen this a lot, but oftentimes when people do decide to, you know, start their own business, it kind of comes from, you know, transitioning from, you know, you're working for someone else doing something similar, maybe, you know, what is that transition like to kind of go off on your own and create something new? Well, for me, it was it was supernatural because I had <clears throat> um, relationships in the timeshare industry. I had relationships with resale brokers, especially in the Orlando area, because there's you know that's just the timeshare capital of the world. And when I was talking to them, you know, I did a lot of kind of research, like you know, do you think this is something that would really help you? Do you think this is something that your buyers and sellers could really benefit from? And that's why it, it took a long time to kind of conceptually develop it, not just from a lending standpoint to have a relationship with the bank, but also just from a design standpoint of, okay, this is going to be something new. This isn't really offered. And 
how can I set this up? That's really going to help because that was our true intention. I mean, obviously, you know, you you start a business because you want to have a career and, you know, you want to have some financial stability later down the road, but you do have to have that. For me, I really needed that passion of, okay, I want to do this right. And I want to do it well to help my resale brokers and, and the families that are looking to buy and sell. So we designed it that way. So the the transition was super smooth and everybody that I talked to was very supportive. And that's why having those relationships really helped me kind of build it the way that it should have been done, I think, from the start. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think for our listeners, you know, a lot of people are stuck in situations that maybe they're not ecstatic about and there's maybe not the you know, ladder that they want to, you know, pursue. And if they're anything like me, I Googled probably a thousand times, how can I make a career working for Disney or with Disney or related to Disney or something like that? And so I think that is very intriguing that you took your experiences and obviously you're not just on Disney, but it's a good portion of your business, I assume. Yeah, it's the main, it's definitely the main piece of it, probably 90% of it. Yeah. So, so, you know, you're wrapped up into it. You can listen to the Disney music, you know, while you're at work and that's part of the whole process. It sounds very interesting or very similar to, we had episode 59 with Nanny Land. If anybody's interested for kind of another approach for that, that's another good one to listen to. But have you noticed, you know, are you happier in this situation because you're closer to Disney and, and, you know, or has it helped your Disney fandom grow out of that? Absolutely. I definitely learned a tremendous amount about Disney and the, in the Disney vacation club product being in this environment, because now like the way that we market ourselves is um, there was a book by Jay bear. It was called help, not hype. And it came out right before I launched my company. And it really, really resonated with me because the whole book is about marketing. And I was trying to learn the world of Google and keywords and blogging. And it was really something new. And I had to do a lot of research and self-teaching. So the book is about, you know, give your customers information that they want and need, not necessarily boast about your own product. Because sure, someone could Google... Um, you know, DVC financing or whatever your services or your product that you're passionate about, they could Google that and maybe find your one article. But if you really want to help people, you need to be able to blog and market on a very, very consistent basis. So what we do is we blog every single week and we talk about what's going to help our, our client base, what's going to help them. And we find that explaining to them or teaching them or just giving, you know, various information, how is, um, you know, what are the benefits of Disney Vacation Club? What are the perks at staying in Animal Kingdom if you're a DVC member? You know, that's what we do. So we'll, you know, we do blogs on all things Disney. We'll talk about the food and wine, um, you know, event that's going on at Epcot that's getting ready to open at the end of the month. And we'll talk about Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween. So we just kind of try to give information that's going to be helpful. We try to do help, not hype kind of concepts. And then if someone is interested in Disney, they probably are very familiar with DVC, with, you know, the property, staying on property, the perks of that. So we're, you know, our, our 
our marketing strategy is, okay, here's some great information about DVC. And then at the very bottom, hey, if you're looking to learn more, reach out to us. So that's kind of how we've approached the whole marketing strategy for us. Yeah, I think that's excellent. It was really an eye-opener for me when I started reading some studies and figuring out how we wanted the podcast to be formed is that most people, if they're taking the time to listen to something or to read a blog or whatever it might be, most people's main intention is to learn. You know, there's an aspect of entertainment that you can hit on, but really people are trying to expand their wealth of knowledge and, you know, to have some sort of takeaway. So I think that is an excellent approach to help drive business. Yeah, it's been it's been really great for us because the, you know, if you think about what product or service that you're out there and it's Disney related that you want to promote and either specialize in or sell, depending on your approach, you know, if you can give these, you know, all of your consumers information that's going to help them. And maybe it's, you, you didn't make a sale. You just helped one individual three years down the road or six years down the road. They may think, you know what? I read this article. I actually do want to get a custom made band, <laughs> you know, or, you know, there, you are putting yourself as an expert in the area of just Disney as a whole. And you're giving, you know, consumers out there information that they want to know, because obviously they, they Googled something and were brought to your blog. Then they're going to remember you when the time comes to become a customer or maybe not never, you never know. They are just going to be a dinner conversation and they're saying, Oh, well, I want to go and get matching Disney shirts. Oh, well, I know someone that has a website, you know, and, and, and you never know how people can be connected. And it's almost like invisible networking out there through conversations. So I always try to not sound like a commercial, but to just give information and say, but if you need anything, let me know and I'll try to help. And we get phone calls all the time um, because our, our company has, you know, vacation club loans. I get a lot of phone calls from people that think that we're Disney and we just try to help them instead of saying, oh, you've got the wrong number. Have a nice day. It's okay. Well, what was your question? Oh, okay. Well, here's the, I mean, we literally have 800 numbers, a wall of them for different timeshare resorts because they're all, you know, Disney Vacation Club or Marriott Vacation Club. So it's like, okay, well, here's the 1-800 number and press five for this division because they'll be able to help you. And it's just all about helping, you know, in a bigger scene. And then we try to think of the depth of it. Like, okay, you know, if we help people down the road, it's going to come back to us. Yeah. Or maybe it doesn't, and that's okay, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely think that's a great approach. And obviously, like, customer service and just, like you said, kind of putting it out there that you are here with your wealth of knowledge. Because something that we've definitely seen in the DVC community itself, but also people who are curious about DVC, is there are so many questions. Yeah, sometimes it's a little hard to navigate all of the, you know, like going to the Disney park, it's it's an amazing experience, even if you do no research. You can walk in and take the map and just stick to the right. <laughs> you know, that's my philosophy. Just stick to the right, then you don't miss anything. But if you really wanted to, okay, let me research the dining plan. Let me research the fast pass. You know, some people are very uh, spontaneous and last minute, where others like to plan for 90 days and really get the most out of every minute that they're at the park. And they both work great. So 
if you're going to do that, then, you know, that's great too. Just find out what you're going to do and, and make the most of it. And with DVC, you do get a lot of extra perks and benefits that, you know, if you don't take a little bit of time to research, you really don't realize staying on property, you get an extra hour in the morning or you get earlier fast pass, you know, access. There's, there's some pretty cool things about it. Oh yeah. And the big question that we have for you, since you are our expert, if someone were to ask like, what makes DVC such a great investment for people who are visiting Disney properties on a regular basis, what would your answer be for them? My immediate answer would be it's the benefits that I love. Um, Even if you stay on property and you're not a DVC member, there are still perks like the early morning magic hours or, um, you know, for example, like if you stay at the Animal Kingdom, you know, they have free night goggles that you can use and you might not know that. So there's all these little magical things that Disney has not missed to really make your experience at each resort kind of an in-depth experience. But when you are a DVC member, you get even more items. For example, last month I stayed at Bay Lake Tower and you get to go to the rooftop to watch the fireworks, but you have to be a DVC member in order to have that access to the elevator that gets to the roof. So going and you know staying at the property is amazing and awesome, but staying at the property as an owner it can even be more amazing because you do have some little benefits that they don't tell everybody about. And you wouldn't even know it if you went there as a renter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a good perspective. We can say Top of the World Lounge at the top of Bay Lake Tower is one of our favorite spots to watch, watch fireworks. And the seven layer cake there is amazing. <laughs> Yummy, right? Highly recommend. I think just the bartenders in that place are the best ever. They're very friendly. Yeah, I can't remember. There's one in particular that he has like the highest award that a cast member can get. We always see him wow, there, but really? I can't remember what that's called. Yeah, he told us about it. Yeah, but it's like he gets in. He was nominated by his peers, and then like once a year they rent out Magic Kingdom for like all these cast members who have that designation and they get to do anything they want. They're fully fed. And like they are the cream of the crop, like best cast members you can imagine. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a great recognition because you can imagine, I mean, I've had the pleasure of working with so many Disney cast members over my career and they're normally just great. They have this enthusiastic personality they have this natural love of life so to be recognized like you just said the the best of the best they that's pretty stellar Mm -hmm. yeah well awesome well debbie this has been so enlightening and i think it has been so useful for any of our listeners who are in that situation maybe they want to try to make a move and get closer to disney and closer to the magic and you know improve their mood and and their outlook on life so we appreciate that we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our partners and then we'll be back to play the fast pass round instead of our normal promotional material during this segment of the show today we're asking something of you so now that detour to neverland is one year old we are looking to take the next steps to take it to the next level to expand our reach and to reach more people who are trying to unlock their best Disney life through their hobby or business. So if you would like to help us out and explore the different options of things that are coming to us on the horizon, 
you can join our focus group. So we are going to do one or maybe two sessions coming up where we share the ideas that we have and the direction that we'd like to take Detour. And we're looking for feedback, guidance, or just general opinions on what you think would work and what would resonate for you. So if you would like to join that group, and we will be compensating you for your time through some free swag or something of that sort, we will sort that all out, but we promise it'll be worth your time. You can reach out to us either on any of our social medias via a DM or direct message, private message, or email us at detourtoneverlandpod at gmail.com. So hope to have you guys join us. We won't take up too much of your time, but it will be so valuable to help Detour to Neverland grow. Now back to the show. Good deal. So we are back. So Debbie, we're going to throw out these Disney topics. If you just kind of share the first thing that comes to your mind so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. Okay. So the first one's an easy one. Just name the Disney parks that you have visited. I have visited all the ones in Florida. Um, I have not gone to Disney California yet, though. I haven't, I haven't done Disneyland. I've only done Disney World, but all of them. So out of those four, which one is your favorite and why? I love Pandora World. <laughs> it's my absolute favorite. So Animal Kingdom is my my go-to park. And Pandora World, I just love the, the creativity. Not only did I love the movie, but just the park at night. I could just walk around for hours. I feel like you're in another world and it's just so beautiful. I, I My favorite. I can say as a photographer... Pandora is the most beautiful place I've ever seen, but it's also the most challenging place I've ever been in my life. It is <laughs> yeah, so difficult. Yeah, I would difficult. think it would be hard to to do photography there. I've taken, I mean, I've just taken it with my iPhone, but at night they seem to come out really dark. And in the daytime, you really don't get the the vastness of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because the, the floating world above you when you're by the waterfall is huge. But in the photographs, it doesn't look that big. I, I, I just it misses the mark a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've got like three sitting in my Photoshop that I'm trying to salvage. But <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to have to do it next trip. Yeah. You live and you learn. Yeah. Right. So next one would be your Disney bucket list trip. Oh, that could be a long one. <laughs> Um, you know what? I would love to go to like their international parks. I would love to see how, I mean, I know there's several, there's Hong Kong and Shanghai and Tokyo. Um, I would love to see their take on the Disney, like the world of Disney to see the Asian pixie dust that they have put on that. I would, I'm just curious to see if it is identical to maybe the Disney world or the Disneyland, or if it's completely different. So I would love to go to any of those. Mm-hmm. We can definitely agree with that. We'd love to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's all go. Yes. So this next one might be hard since you've stayed in so many places, but what is your favorite Disney resort? Uh, It's definitely the Polynesian, the one that I own at. I feel like when you go there, it's a complete submersive uh, resort that they really did such a great job. You really feel like you're on vacation at this tropical resort. Um, I've, I've been to Alani, so it's similar, but when you're in Orlando and you get to go to Polly, it's just so amazing. And they have a fantastic luau dinner and all the little nooks and crannies that they've done that with the decorations. I just really feel like it's um, one of the most that I enjoy and I truly feel like I'm on vacation. 
exactly two months from today, we will be checking out of the Polynesian. Sad day. Oh, <laughs> nice. I'm getting ready to go to um, Old Key West this month. Ooh, we so. just stayed there I in haven't July. been there in years. I haven't been in a long time, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. They redid the rooms, and we thought they were really nice. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I saw um, I saw one bedroom today online, and it was very, very classy the way they did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We stayed in a studio. It was nice. Oh, good. I think I have a one bedroom, gotcha. but I'm going by myself, so <laughs> <laughs> be wasted. So next question would be, if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Well, since I haven't rode Millennial Falcon yet, um, although I don't think anything would ever beat Flights of Passage, I love that ride. I was able to, um, I had a meeting at Hollywood Studios with Disney, and I was able to get a uh, Fast Pass card. So I was able to ride Flights of Passage three times (laughs) in one day. And I could never get enough of it. It is the most thrilling ride I've ever been on because I'm I'm scared of actual roller coasters, but I love virtual ones. And that was just amazing for me. That's funny. And I I do think you can ride that ride every single time and see or notice something different. It's thrilling. I'm like, oh, look at me. (laughs) It's just so (laughs) thrilling. And when like the first time I rode it and that big wave with the whale comes up towards the end, it scared me. I was like, ah, I think I actually screamed out loud, but uh, I took the grandkids on it and they loved it. But I actually think it frightened the two younger ones. I think it was a little too much for them. I'm going to steal a joke from our friend Sarah and Jeff, adults in Disney. <laughs> they told us that they played a prank on someone that they were running with. Like her sister. And she's like, are you ready for the launch when you're first sitting there? Like making people think that you're going to go like forward. jump into oh, a track wow. or something. So I am going to be using that very regularly with any first time riders. I say, That's we have awesome. to find a first time rider though. Yeah. That's funny. awesome. I, I could come, I could round up a few first time riders because not everybody got to go on the ride that night. Some people weren't willing to wait in line. So our group kind of split up, but all the kids definitely went. Yeah. So sticking with rides, which ride do you think is due for either an exit or a refurbishment? Um, that's a tough one. I... I'm at a loss for words because I'm not sure. If I was going to refurbish a ride, and this is going to sound so contradicting because I love Pandora so much, the Navi River, I was a little disappointed in. I, you know, I've, I've been on It's a Small World many times and I loved it just as much as the first because they have such a great story as you're going through it. You see all the countries and the clothes and the people and I, it's just a total home run to me. But on the Navi River, and maybe it was just me personally, but I kind of missed the story. I was like, I I mean, it was so wonderful to have the air conditioning and be out of the sun. So I love that part. But I felt the ride itself could have been a little better. Does that sound bad? No, I completely agree. I mean, if I waited an hour or two hours like some people do for that, I would be so upset. We used a fast pass on it. It's not terrible, but. It's not terrible. I mean, it wasn't, I didn't get off and go, ah, I'll never do that again. I mean, I've I've ridden it twice total, but I just felt like for being a brand new ride, it's, it's not an older ride. So there was, 
There's so much technology and, and the creativity that they have at Disney. I just kind of felt like I don't, I just kind of felt like they didn't quite deliver on something that's so new with the the enormity of Pandora World and Flights of Passage and the things that they're able to do these days with these kind of rides. I just kind of felt a little like, huh, okay. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's definitely like visually appealing. Like it's nice to sit in there and look at everything. But Disney is known for like the storytelling aspect. And I definitely think that's missing. Hot take. Maybe it's because the movies aren't that good. Oh <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, I, I didn't get the story. Like I really didn't leave the ride feeling like I knew of the people that they were trying to represent or the, you know, the planet that they were trying to show. I just kind of felt like it was a little you know, down. So next one would be what land or area in the parks? We might already know the answer to this brings you the most inspiration. Uh, definitely Pandora World. It's just so beautiful. I mean, I think they, it was so well thought when you're walking, you know, you can look to the left and you can look to the right and you find yourself like I, I have the stick to the right philosophy. But with Pandora, I find myself walking across the path all the time because they just have so many cool things or this giant plant that moves or this fun little animal that's in the pond. It's just so magical. I, I, it's a home run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to explore and look at. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I feel like I, I, I see something new every time I go back. So these next couple of questions are our favorite what is your favorite snack or a go-to snack? Uh, definitely a Mickey bar, <laughs> the ice cream ears. <laughs> Hard to beat a classic. No, I know. So next would be your favorite table service and favorite quick service restaurants. Um, my favorite quick service is definitely the Treehouse Barbecue. Uh, table service, I love over, but it's it's not at the Disney Park, so I. I really love the character breakfast that they have over at the Contemporary. <laughs> that counts. Okay. So, yeah, I love the character breakfast at Contemporary. They do such a great job over there. And then the Treehouse Barbecue. I like that one because when you sit by the water, you get the breeze and it's kind of like a little break from the crowd. So I, I kind of feel like it's a great place to just rest for your 30 minutes and really kind of, you know, bring it down and just enjoy a bite. Mm-hmm, for sure. So next would be your favorite Disney movie. Ooh, that's a lot. I I'm not a big TV watcher. I, I I TV shows. There's too many commercials. It's like at the beginning, it's like you see a Taco Bell commercial, and you're like, I'm full. I don't want Taco Bell. But an hour later, you find yourself driving to the store for Taco Bell. <laughs> so TV shows drive me crazy. But I love movies. I'm an absolute movie addict. Um, I love the original Aladdin, uh, the original jungle book. I love those. Like when you walk away, you feel like you were inspired, you know, it's like the, you know, you root for the, um, oh geez, what's it called? The underdog. Mm -hmm. You know, you love, I love when you get to root for the underdog and they come out the hero at the end of the movie. So there's Aladdin and jungle book are probably my two favorites. So since you just mentioned the originals, how did you feel about the remade versions? 
I love their original. I haven't seen the remade Jungle Book, but I did take the grandkids over the summer to see Aladdin, and I thought it was fantastic. Huge fan of Will Smith. Thought he did a great job. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. That's the one that we haven't seen. We do That's need good. to see it, though. Yeah, it's really good. I love the original a little bit better, though. I feel like it's an unpopular opinion, but I, I, the Jungle Book is my favorite live-action remake. I haven't seen that yet. Mm. I think it was better in Lion King, but uh, I haven't seen that yet either. <laughs> they did do a good job with the Jungle Book. Right. And then Disney bought Lucasfilms. So that just made me love them more because now I get more Star Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love The Force Awakens. They did a good job. Ooh, that is a good one. Yes. So this next one is your favorite Disney quote, either from Walt or any of the movies. Oh, my favorite Disney quote, I would have to say, is by Walt himself. Um, when you're curious, you find lots of interesting things to do. So I love that quote. That is a good one. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've heard that one before. No. Yeah. You usually, I love that. You usually hear the one about curiosity, like leading you down new paths, that one. Opening mm-hmm. new doors. Opening new doors. Yeah. So yeah. that's a good yeah. one. It's good to be curious. I try to teach, I have a 16 year old son and I always try to encourage that part, like be curious, you know, like we were just talking about how when we're listening to podcasts and we're doing our research, we're really looking to learn and curiosity can really gravitate you to learn so much. And now that every, you know, piece of information is at our fingertips with the internet, it's it's an amazing world because as I grew up, we didn't have the internet. So now, you know, it's just talk about curiosity a go-go. <laughs> for sure. So our last question of the Fast Pass round for you would be your favorite Disney parks memory. Uh, my favorite park memory. I have a few, but the first time I took my son Zachary to the Magic Kingdom, and I don't know if this is <laughs> going to resonate, but we he was only two years old. And as soon as we got to the Magic Kingdom, we got there first thing in the morning. And, and he was a really big Winnie the Pooh fan. So we were playing at the Winnie the Pooh playground for probably an hour. He was just having such a great time. But he was a little bit of a shy um, kid. He was only two. So I think maybe they're all a little you know shy at that age. Although he's definitely not shy anymore. And as soon as we left the playground, it was like, okay, come on, let's go explore. And it was his first time there. And I remember going out and we took a right and the whole street opens up and it appeared like there was a million people because it dips down a little bit. And when he saw that, he was done. That was the end of the day. (laughs) We actually (laughs) left the park because I couldn't get him to calm down and go into that crowd, which sounds terrible. But now looking back, it's so it's such a fond memory to me because we ended up going back to the room, having an amazing day. We ended up going to Hollywood Studios and just having a fantastic evening. So even though it sounds like, oh, well, that's a terrible memory. It's really not for me because it just it's such a reflection of his first time at Disney. And I still giggle about it. I think the takeaway there is a parent, you got to be flexible. <laughs> you do have to be flexible. I mean, you know, it's. Every 
every experience that you go, even though we all have, and I, I told my stepdaughter this because she took all of her kids to, um, on vacation one time and she had such high hopes and she had all this great things planned, which was wonderful. I mean, you know, she's a wonderful mother, but when she got there, not everything went as planned because when you have four kids at different ages, a lot of stuff's going to go wrong. But that's really what you have to go in expecting. Like, you know what? Something's going to happen that isn't going to work out and just make the best of it and don't let it ruin your, you know, your day because it's all about the memories when it's over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's great advice. So the last thing we want to ask is if you could give any parting guidance to someone who is looking to become, you know, a Disney content creator or they want to, you know, start their own business or create a new product, what would your advice to that person be? Uh, there's a there's a lot of great advice, but you know, besides just the the help not hype approach, you know, there's some little simple things that you can also do that can help you. Like if your passion would be, let's say, um, I'm just trying to think of something something easy that we could think of. Let's say it's Pandora World. You know, Google Alerts actually has where you can set notifications. So if anything out there comes up on Google, it'll actually send you a little text message or an email, which is kind of cool because then you don't have to spend hours every day researching for something new. You know, they're going to tell you like, oh, well, today on Google Alerts, Disney Vacation Club was mentioned. And you can just kind of read a quick blurb. It's got to be a pretty highly trafficked um, site for it to come up, but you know, it's kind of a little trick that you can keep your eye on something that you're super passionate about. And then once you find out what you really want to become an expert in, just stick to it and be consistent. You know, sometimes it's almost like family vacations. It's not always going to go as planned. You do have to be flexible and just make the best of it and stick to it. Just be consistent and keep going for it. It'll work out. Yeah. That is excellent advice. We appreciate you that sharing that is something practical. We're going to set some Google alerts. I know we should. Yeah. I've so. never heard of that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Google alerts. I have a, I have DVC on my Google alerts and I also have the name of my company on Google alerts. Oh, cool. So if anything was to ever said, you can set a Google alert with your name. Like if anything was ever said online about you, but like I said, it has to be a little bit more than just a Facebook post, mm-hmm. <laughs> but if there's something out there, you can um, be notified. Interesting. That's free. Yeah. Yeah, it's free. Well, awesome. Well, Debbie, very last thing, if you could remind our listeners where they can connect with you online and find your business. Oh, sure. Uh, the easiest way is just to go to vacationclubloans.com. And our contact page is there, our phone number, our 1-800 number, our email address, um, all kinds of information about me, the company, and Um, more information about DVC, they can find it all there. Perfect. Well, we will put the link to that in our show notes. Great. It was great talking to you guys today. Yeah, we're so glad you got to come on and join us. And thanks for spending your Monday with us. Sure. Happy Monday. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.